Welcome to Global Chit Chat, the podcast that helps you navigate the global employee benefits landscape. My name is Francis, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we'll discuss about Israel. And I'm Leticia, today's fun fact checker. And together, we'll take you on a benefits journey around the world. So let's get started. With us today, we have Ilana Schroeder. Ilana is benefit solutions leader at AKT in Israel, and she has unique insights into today's topic. Thanks for being here today, Ilana. Thanks, Francis. Happy to be here. As you know, Elana, we always start our podcast with some fun facts about the topic. So Leticia has been busy looking for interesting facts about Israel. Leticia, we're curious. What do you have for us? Well, we could talk about the numerous ruins and museums, the many Nobel Prize winners. But this time, I tried to focus on less known and still interesting facts about the country. So here we go. Israel is roughly slightly smaller than the state of New Jersey, and it is the only country in the world that has the same name, is located in the same land, and speaks the same language as it did 3,000 years ago. In terms of healthcare, Israel performs more in vitro fertilization per capita than any other country in the world, and it's free for the first two babies. Sticking with healthcare, Israel was the first country to ban underweight models from participating in fashion shows in order to combat anorexia. Finally, and staying on the healthcare theme, Israel has the largest underground hospital in the world. It has a 2,000-bed fortified underground emergency hospital in Haifa. Another interesting fact about the country is that Israel recycles 90% of the water waste it creates, making it the leading nation in the world for water recycling. To put this into perspective, if Israel recycles 90% of its water waste, the United States recycles only 1% of the water we use. Maybe we should think about taking a page out of the Israel book and finding more efficient ways to reuse our wastewater. Thank you for these fun facts. I knew this episode would be one where we would learn a lot. And we're off to a great start with your fun facts. Israel is not often an actual topic for our clients, and thus not so much for us either. Ilana, let's start with an overview of the benefits landscape in Israel. Great, Francis. So the benefits landscape in Israel is pretty unique. Benefits are very important to employees, as I'm sure they are everywhere in the world. And they're definitely considered you know, really a key and critical part of an employee's total reward package, actually about 30 to 40%, so quite a considerable percentage. Uh, the costs and values of benefits in Israel are not always clear to employees, so we really see that companies need to invest a lot of time and energy in communications and in education of their employees so that their employees really appreciate the benefits package that they receive. But benefits are always important to attract and retain employees, strengthen employee value proposition, of course, um, and also to differentiate the company in the market, you know, any company in the marketplace when you've got a very competitive marketplace, especially as we do here in Israel, that's very important. I would say that the core benefits across the market are pretty common um, and similar in most companies. So things like um, mandatory pension funds, Um, Car allowances are very common, and also private medical, sometimes dental as well. Education funds, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, Meal benefits, so things like food and restaurant vouchers. 
and also holidays and, of course, time off. Thanks for the overview, Rana. Our corporate client contacts generally do not have a good oversight on what's happening in Israel, contrary to other countries. So what challenges do multinationals face? Why is that? Yeah, Francis, so global companies definitely face a lot of challenges when trying to do business here in Israel, and that's no different when it comes to benefits as well. So in Israel, we really find that there's a lack of trustworthy information in English. And what I mean about that is, you know, the government websites, the information that's released from the regulator and insurance companies, and it's all in Hebrew. Sometimes you can find certain websites that have been translated into English. However, it's usually only partial translation and it's not often accurate. So it's very, very important to be able to find that information in English. So that's definitely a major challenge that we see across the board. And in Israel as well, we do find that the employees' priorities in terms of their benefits can be quite different from other places in the world. So it can take global companies a little bit of time to get used to that and just to understand the priorities that their employees in Israel would have. What about legislative changes? That's a great question. So there's definitely been a rapid change in legislation and regulation, especially since 2016, 2017, that was when a lot changed. In fact, the largest change in about 20 years in pensions regulation, that's when that happened in Israel. You know, employer and employees were impacted. We see now in retirement programs in Israel, there's an increased transparency, freedom of choice for employees and competition amongst insurance companies. You know, legal and compliance upgrades and enforcement. We do see that companies can be fined now for non-compliance. So it's very, very important for multinationals to really take heed when it comes to this type of environment and the you know, rapidly changing legislation regulation. The other thing I would say that I want to mention here is the insurance companies in Israel and insurance agents and the levels of kind of automation and, and service levels that we see here are lower than, than some other markets. Typically, you know, we see a large amount of mistakes, sometimes also a lack of data transparency. So it's very, very important for employers to be kind of on top of that as well. And that's a major challenge. And then lastly, the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, local business leaders here in Israel, whether it's local HR, benefits teams, the leadership teams, you know, they always want to make decisions locally. And they can be very hesitant to involve regional and global teams, you know, HR teams. And, and sometimes that can lead to kind of a lack of trust between the local teams and the regional and global teams. And, and I'm sure you see that in other places in the world as well. But I think it was important to mention. Thank you. I see that lack of good information in English and the preference to make decisions locally explains why corporate contacts at some of the organizations I work with are struggling to get a better handle on what's happening in Israel. I know the benefits ecosystem has various players, HR, payroll, funds administrator, and others. What role do these have in the ecosystem? Yeah, so as you said, there's various players um, in the market, especially when it comes to pensions, which is the benefit that's <laughs> the most regulated, I would say. So yeah, firstly, we have you know the HR or benefits company contact and they would typically act as the main point of contact between the various parties and also with the employees. Sometimes if there's no local HR team, then a regional or um, you know global kind of team would step in and, and take that role. We see that quite frequently. 
And then we have the payroll, the local payroll provider. They are the ones that ensure that deposits are made each month via the fund administrator, which I'll talk about in a minute. And, you know, they really make sure that the salary system is kept up to date and any changes are made as, as required. And then the fund administrator, they're the ones who actually manage the reporting of the pension payments and the administration of the funds. You know, they handle any rejections, any escalations. So they play a really important role as well. Okay. And tell us more about the broker. So in most countries, the broker is supporting the employer. But in Israel, I know a broker is more supporting the employee, which is always raising questions of our clients. So can you tell us more how this works? Yeah, you're right. So we have in Israel, we usually find that companies work with one provider who will kind of wear two hats. So the one hat is on the side of the employer, and that's the fund administration side, which is what we just spoke about. And then the second hat they wear is as a company-nominated insurance agent. And what I mean by that is they would provide marketing services, so kind of insurance agency or brokering services to employees who wish to use them as their agent. In Israel, we do have freedom of choice, which means that employees don't have to work with the employer-nominated agent if they don't want to. They're also able to work with their own personal insurance agent. Then who supports the employer? Many companies in Israel will engage with a consultant who can provide independent and transparent advice to them and really ensure that they remain compliant with all of the local regulations and legislations. Because as you heard, really, it's a rapidly changing environment here. And then, you know, consultants also can help monitor all of the processes that are in place and just make sure that all of the different parties in the, you know, pensions life cycle, the benefits life cycle, understand their responsibilities, and in turn, that would minimize the compliance risk. That's very helpful, Ilana, especially the various players, and that there is a consultant that can support HR as opposed to the uh, agent that is uh, there for the employee. That's very good. We learned a lot already. Let's close this episode by talking about some unique benefits in Israel that our listeners should know. You mentioned the Education Fund at the beginning. What is that exactly? So the Education Fund is a medium-term savings vehicle. It's held with um, an insurance company. It's not a mandatory benefit. However, we do find that most employers offer this as a benefit to their, to their employees in Israel. The fund has a term of six years, and it's actually exempt from income tax up to a fixed ceiling. Savings can be used for any purpose if they're held to the end of the six years. And if an employee wants to use it specifically for educational purposes, they can do that and they can withdraw it after three years without any penalties. And it's a really, really great benefit. Employees appreciate it. The employer contribution is 7.5% of base salary, and the employee contribution is 2.5%. And we do find that a lot of employers cap this benefit up to the tax ceiling in order for it to remain tax efficient, but that's not always the case. So you mentioned it's not a mandatory benefit. So how do employers differentiate? Do they go above seven and a half? Do they go above the tax ceiling? Yeah, so we really find that I would say the market is, is pretty split and 50-50 in terms of whether they pay this benefit on full salary or whether they pay it only up to the tax ceiling. So it's really a decision that each employer has to make and they have to look at their overall benefits package and, you know, their strategy and kind of make that decision. So both practices are followed in the market. Uh, and as I said, it's pretty evenly split. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's another unique benefit in Israel? 
Yeah, so quite a, an unusual one is convalescence or recuperation pay, it's called, um, which I guess you could compare to, you know, summer pocket money. This is actually a mandatory benefit in Israel. It starts to be paid after an employee has completed a full year of work. And the payments are typically made during the month of July or August, because the idea is that it's paid in the summer, summer pocket money. And there's a daily tariff, and depending on what an employee's service is, will depend on how many days they will be paid. The maximum they could be paid is 10 days, and that would be up to a tenure of 20 years and above. So also that's a really great kind of quirky benefit that employees get in Israel. It also has similarity to what is called vacation money in my home country, Belgium, where they get extra month pay when they take their main vacation. That's great. This conversation has been very, very enlightening. And as I said at the beginning, I learn something new every time I talk with an expert in benefits in Israel. So thank you very much for being our guest and for sharing your knowledge with us. You're welcome, Francis. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and thanks for listening. Please leave us a review or share your comments on social media. And don't forget to join us on our next episode of Global Chit Chat to learn more about reinsurance of employee benefits to a captive.